Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Hello. Welcome along. Monday episode, as usual. Uh, I kind of gave up this weekend, Sam. I've just done absolutely jack shit all weekend. Well, it's important to do that sometimes. I just lounged around, I watched German football, I did a bit of reading, um, didn't really do any, what you regard as household chores. I didn't I didn't polish my surfaces like you would do, didn't oh. sweep the kitchen floor, anything like that. Uh, the Bernard um, Langer didn't make an appearance The Bernard Langer did not make an appearance at all, very much firmly in its cupboard, in its little house. Now, I've, I've, I've done nowt. But it's been mm. good. Tell you what, the German, the Bundesliga have been listening to me because do you remember last week I said that they, they should have, have crowd noises that are controlled by a DJ? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, they've done that now in the Bundesliga. They did it at the really? weekend. Yeah. <clears throat> and I've had a, a, a big. How discussion. long though before the authorities realise that with this kind of technology they no longer <laughs> need us, need the fans, fans. <laughs> and they can just have <clears throat> us destroyed? They need I mean, our money though. No, but think about it, right? If you banned fans from stadiums, mm. right, but as a result, the TV companies could probably charge more because right. think of the amount of people who don't subscribe to Sky. I've got several friends for whatever reason, some political, some mm. uh, financial or whatever, who don't have Sky. They're massive football fans. They don't have Sky, right? right? Um, let alone BT Sport. Mm-hmm. If you banned fans from the stadium, <laughs> guarantee number one, subscriptions would go up. Yeah. Plus, you could increase the price, yeah. right? Because suddenly, you you, you basically audience. reduce the supply and demand, mate. Yeah. Reduce the supply of football, right? You have to have it. They've got you know, and then all that then the the, club, the club's overhead shrinks substantially. Mm-hmm. Because it's fucking expensive to lay on a football game every week, right? Of course it is, the yeah. security, etc. Mm. So you, <laughs> Other stuff. I mean, to be honest, you could even flog the stadium, right? That's where the real money is. You could right. flog the stadium, and you could play in a virtual stadium, right? right so yeah. you have a pitch. You have a pitch with enough room around the edge for whatever I don't know. Some camera, all the cameramen, and, and you blah, just blah, green blah. screen the rest of it. Green, massive green screen around it that you can erect just on match days, right? And I mean, this really feels like a sort of almost like the plot of a nineteen eighties Arnold Schwarzenegger type film, like Running Man or something well, like I that. Well, I mean, we're, we're living in a dystopian future anyway, so why not just run it? Up? We are, yeah. So green screen it, overheads. Yeah. Tiny, right? The amount of staff you have to employ reduced substantially, Mm -hmm. right? The money is the same. You you still sell the same amount of merchandise, Mm -hmm. right? Um, 
you don't have to have a physical shop. Mm-hmm. So that's another overhead goal you could do if you want. Uh, but you still sell the merchandise, right? You still get the sponsorship deals because the sponsor, the real value in the sponsorship, whether that's on mm-hmm. the shirt or around the side, is all about TV viewers. It's not about yeah. the whatever yeah. 40,000 people inside the stadium looking at your fucking Snickers sign at the side of the pitch. It's about the millions watching it on the box, right? So then so then you can, well, then what does it lack? Well, if you've green screened a crowd and you pump in artificial noise, yeah, the it would be a strange experience for the players, but they'd soon get used to it. And I can't see them complaining anyway. They carry on getting paid. They don't go, I'm not really into football anymore because the fans aren't there. They fucking hate the fans anyway. Fucking hate us, mate. So you got, you slash the overheads. Yeah. You, the advertisers are happy. The sponsorship mm. money keeps rolling in. In fact, that would probably increase because you could argue that there was an increased television audience, right? Mm. The merchandise is still flying. You send it on your online shop, just like we do, right? <laughs> uh, probably getting the Latvians to knock it out. I mean, it really keeps <laughs> yeah. overheads low. Right? Overhead, you, just, yeah. you just have a workshop in Latvia and mm. Bob's your uncle. Get a, sw- a square space and <clears> some <throat> Latvians and there you go. Licence to print money, mate, right? Then... Uh, you, so the only people then it's like the players the players pay lip service to the idea that fans are important but yeah. I don't believe a word of it I think they hate the fans they think it's an I think they'd be delighted they, they no yeah. longer have to demean themselves by yeah. playing in front of what they see as <clears throat> slack jawed morons mm. yeah. right that, that thing and they do like, when they walk into the, the stadium each week when they've got to walk past the fans who want autographs and selfies they and hate those like fans get that eradicated but, immediately yeah is that the thing I hate the bit where I, I hate the fans of the opposition because they're all mean to me mm. I hate my own fans because they're completely fucking whimsical and fair weather and they give me loads of shit right <laughs> they give me worse shit than the opposition fans yeah. right and then the, the handful of fans who still like me and hero worship me, which is fucking very few and far between, given Weird, the advent anyway. of social media makes it fashionable to hate everyone, right? Yeah. Um, so there are a few wide-eyed kids who still hang around and perceive us as heroes and put us on a pedestal. Mm. Lasts for about five minutes until they get their first fucking iPhone and then they just turn into cunts like everyone else, get right? TikTok. But yeah. even those ones that like put us on a pedestal, they're, they're almost the most annoying of all because they're fucking waiting for me when I get off the coach with my Beats by Dr. Dre on my fucking mm-hmm. ears trying to drown out the sound of anyone other than me, Yeah. right? And... They're coming up asking for a fucking autograph. So now I need to learn to write my name on top of everything else. No, fuck that. They're delighted that the fans aren't involved. The only losers here are us, the fans. But when did we ever matter? We are literally just cash machines. But if they Mm. realise they can get our cash without actually having to invite us in person to their fucking headquarters, right? Mm -hmm. They'll be looking at it. In this day and age, the the cynicism and the cold-eyed sort of shark-like mentality that pervades, you know, modern Western capitalist society, right? There will be um, board of directors, shareholders sitting somewhere and going, this business model is ridiculous because we're a global franchise like Pepsi-Cola, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, right? Or something like that. Well, actually, let's say Coca-Cola or Apple is a good example, right? These are global brands, just like Manchester United is, right? Or Liverpool are. And you go, the difference with fucking Coca-Cola is that they're not saying that in order to do their business, right, 
every week. They've got they've got to invite their customers, a select sixty or seventy thousand of their favourite customers, most loyal customers, to, to their fucking offices to, come to sit watch. around drinking Coca Cola, right? They don't yeah. have to do that. That's a fucking... Imagine that. We'd have to, to dr- like, to every not, second not week, that. we would have to invite 70,000 pops of people. What's 70,000? It's worth nothing to fucking our sponsors and advertisers. We've got to invite these cunts along to our offices, which means we've got to get people to work all weekend. We've got to pay the police. We've got to invest in infrastructure. Yeah. We've got to have all these health and safety regulations. Fuck that. What we they want to do is get yeah, like They don't just sit there benignly drinking the Coca-Cola. They've got opinions as well, and they're shouting them out. Yeah. Non-stop. They come along, they go, they come to your fucking office, they open the can of Coke, and they go, yeah, disgusting, it's, it's not like it was in the old days. Make it better, yeah. It was good last week, but this week you put two little sugar in it. <laughs> it's disgusting, you're a disgrace, you're an insult to our franchise. We own this franchise, not you. You all, right. you all need to be sacked. <laughs> yeah, get a new person to do the mixing of the ingredients, <laughs> right? Get the bloke in they from 7 think, Up, he's really good. The worst thing about this business model is the fucking fans, right? Just cut them out, mm. make them pay, a third, get a third party, i.e. Sky TV or whatever fucker wants to do it. You've now got more options than ever because we could flog it to Netflix. We can flog it to BT. We can flog it to Amazon. We can flog it to Apple or Disney mm. even. Disney will be the next fuckers, won't they? Yeah, yeah. Right? And, uh, you know, we've this is a fucking seller's market. Let's just get shot at these fucking fans. That's what they're going to come out. I guarantee, right? Some fucker who's like an evil fucking marketing vice president of marketing at fucking Bayern Munich or something Mm -hmm. like that, right? Who previously... You always read this shit. I was reading earlier, the new director general of the BBC. um, His CV's like super weird. Like he worked for like Pepsi or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, he was, he's hit, been head of BBC Studios as well, hasn't he, for a few years? No, yeah, but way before he was in broadcasting, he was working for really kind of quite dull global corporates, right? Was he Was he the fifth member of Coldplay? Because Coldplay's got a fifth member who's their creative director. Yeah, it's Was him. he that? Was he one of them? Yeah. I mean, that's how, that's that's how sinister how this guy is. That's how he, this shit started. He co-wrote the song Yellow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the point is, right, I'm reading his CV and he, you know, he left Cambridge University and, um, you know, did all these these things. Uh, I've got, I had it somewhere a minute ago. But he was working just in pretty plain old boring corporate environments as a mm. marketing director. And you like to imagine, like Tony Hall, before he was director general, I think he wrote, wrote, wrote for the Royal Opera. He was the boss of that. Right. So you think, here is a guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I don't know anything about opera. I went once in Russia on a school trip and we all fucking laughed when the geezer started singing Figaro. And that was how I indirectly ended up seeing drama teacher Miss Roderick's tits. But anyway, <laughs> that's another story. You have to go back in an old episode for that. can't remember which one it is, but there you go. Yeah, but it's a good one. But the fact that he was director of like the Royal Opera, you sort of think, okay, this guy, his passion is mm. in culture. Right, he understands the arts, he understands culture, he understands the importance of the role it plays, right? Unimportant. So fair enough. This guy's just like, he's a suit. Who mm. un- and they apply the same cold-blooded yeah. marketing and business principles to the uh, arts as they would do if they were fucking flogging paper for Wernham Hogg, right? Or Argyle and, socks. Culture and, out the and, window, this is product. Yeah, and that is what they're applying to football more and more. 
And I genuinely think, I mean, when I first started saying this, I just thought it was something to say for a laugh. But now yeah. I've convinced myself convinced over the last five well. minutes. You convinced I me thought as well. There will come a time, it might not be next year, it might not be next decade, but there will come a time where football fans are no longer invited to watch football live. I've been sitting here trying to pick holes in your argument. I can't find any. The only one I can and find is... And i tell you is... what will happen. That what will happen inevitably is that there will be a very, very limited number of games you can visit. And invent, you yeah. know, but that will be the preserve of the super rich, the, super the billionaires. Rich. Yeah, yeah. That will be nutters. That will be some geezer from Saudi Arabia coming over for his kid's 16th birthday party. It'll, right, and, it'll he'll, and he'll have, he'll have paid a million pounds for his kid and yeah. six of his mates to come and watch Manchester United Liverpool. It'll cost the same as going into uh, Richard Branson's space rocket. It'll or, be exactly like uh, that. Or getting Elton yeah. John to do your birthday party. For yeah, five it'll be that quid. kind of vibe. Yeah, it'll yeah. be that kind of vibe. And they'll also pay teams in the off season to come and do private match displays like that <laughs> yeah. to supplement income further. <laughs> yeah. I'm amazed some, that doesn't happen already. Yeah, they'll go. A, you're it coming. It probably does. Yeah, don't hear exactly. About yeah, five aside tournament that some Texas oil baron yeah. has arranged for his kid's birthday, right? And he goes, "I'm going to get the five best players of Real Madrid." And the five best players of Paris Saint-Germain, and they're going to come and play a tournament in our back garden while my kids fucking just sitting there eating cake and watching. <laughs> I'm completely convinced by it. The only thing I mm. think that could be a problem is the crowd noise they're going to pump in, because crowd noise changes from generation to generation. I mean, in the '80s it was all swearing and racism. Yeah. Uh, in the '60s it was all rattles. And stuff like that. In the nineties, it was all <laughs> so Sally can wait. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> know what it is pop, now, it? but you know, you, how how do you update crowd noises in the future? Well, that in itself will become a new industry, right? That will not be at the moment. It's just amateur stuff like get a bit of crowd noise off YouTube, pump it in. There will be a whole industry around it. There will be this guy. You'll read an article in the newspaper going meet the man and he'll be some Swiss bloke in a polo neck and tiny yeah. round glasses, right? Yeah. And he'll go, meet the guy who is paid $1 billion a year to make the sound exclusively for Barcelona. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's where the money is. And he goes, go. I go, when I'm first commissioned, I go and I research and I speak to people, I speak to futurologists, audio mm. futurologists, and I actually have the soundtrack for 10 seasons hence. I'm planning ahead constantly. I know what crowds will sound like in 10 years' time. I can't tell you, but let me tell you, it's very <laughs> fucking different to how they sound now. It's a little bit like Thomas Dolby, who was briefly a pop star in the 80s. He had hits like Hyperactive, yeah. and She Blinded Me With Science, and he produced Prefab Sprout for a bit. And then he went on to write ringtones for Nokia. Yeah. And he developed so the first something. ringtones. Or the cunt who made that, you know, that Dell thing. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Mm. fucking billion, richest bloke in the world yeah din 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 gets a tenner every time that noise is made anywhere and the McDonald's one which is slightly similar but different I'm loving it yeah <laughs> well that was Timberlake it was wasn't it but he didn't write it surely no apparently he came for the meeting and they gave him a um, quarter pounder with cheese and he and just sang it he'd never tried before he ate it and that's just what he said and they recorded it and said we'll just have that <laughs> And he goes, was, fine, but I want 20 quid every time, every time anyone says I'm loving it. <laughs> Anywhere in the world. Yeah. Good for him. That was probably the highlight of my weekend, queuing for a McDonald's. Yeah. In Sunderland, because that reopened again. And um, I got in the queue where it said 30-minute wait. 
I thought, fair enough, 30 minutes, you know. This is for me, kid. It wasn't for me, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and it was mm. 21 minutes in the end. So, you know, oh, not I, bad. I won. Again, nine minutes. And I got 21 minutes in the car by myself. With I joined a queue for some ice cream yesterday. Um, I've been going around. Van. Huh? No, no, ice not an ice cream van. van. Uh, fancy pants. All right. Like, you know, southwest London. Mate, here now, this will come to Sunderland one day. We don't even call it ice cream. Gelato. Gelato. That's the I've fucking that, Italian yeah. word, mate. That's what makes it better. That's why you pay the extra. Cream? That's why you pay. Got any ice cream, mate? No. We've got some gelato. Prick. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Gelato. <laughs> yeah. That'll be an extra 10, please. 10 quid, please, cunt. <laughs> anyway, I've been up the gelato. Yeah. And one, when it was really sunny, weekend before last, I was fucking, me and my daughter, we drove around about fucking six different gelato places. Because, of course, in my part of town, they're fucking, there's a fucking, there's as many gelatos as there is Greg's. On every more. corner. Actually, yeah. factually, there is more. Gelato, 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 gelato. Gelato, everywhere you everywhere fucking you look. look. <laughs> you go out. If you want to go out and buy a potato or a spark plug, you're fucked. But if you mm. want gelato, pff, no problem, mate. Falling over yourself. Anyway. Jalapeño. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Jalapeño. We've been to part we would... I, I took my kids with bikes are a bit of a nightmare, right? They've never really, it's a real failure. I feel part a failure of um, my father in skills is that they've never really got too into bike riding. My Mine daughter eventually either. learned from um, the school, like when right. in year six, they have yeah. to all do a certificate yeah. and, she, and she couldn't ride so they just some people turn up at the school some bicycle experts yeah and they taught her so that was a real failure and so yesterday to show how easy it is to teach them i know but not me i think it's a psychological thing when it's when you're with your dad like with so many things you know you just with parents it's much more easy for it to mm. escalate into an emotional power struggle rather than just a straightforward lesson and that's the case with lots of different we, things we, we can't blame ourselves for this though because no. because that, that makes it easier. <laughs> well, anyway, we had been at the park for a little ride about, and turns out my daughter's bike is now too small for her. Right. So I decided I was going to drop it round my mate's house for his daughter, who's a bit younger, and right. we were going to do a deal. So we've been at the park, so let's stop for ice cream, and we were queuing up in the ice cream, in the gelato queue. I, I, right? just, I just say I like how you skirted over what the other half of the deal was going to be. <laughs> uh, but just leave well, it at that. I'll get on to that actually because I'm a oh, bit okay. disappointed with what it is oh, but anyways <laughs> it's a bit of a life logistics one to throw out to you and the listeners and perhaps we'll get some responses well we're saying tomorrow. that 
while we're saying that, can we just say Life Logistics episode tomorrow? Get your questions and queries in. Contact at tftimemachine.com or on the Twitter at yeah. tftimemachine. And, um, and good. hashtag it Life Logistics. Yeah. And uh, yeah, get those in. But here's one to get you started. I'll talk about, first of all, this is a Cosmos story. Right. Right. So we're in the queue and we're waiting around. And I said, oh, and the, but the bike's in the boot of the car. And I said, right, once we've got this ice cream, kids. I said, I'm going to, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if Ollie's in and I'll pop around and drop, drop this bike for him. Do the deal. Um, and go, all right. And then I call him while we're in a queue for, I'll use this time to call him. I called him, phone's ringing, ringing, ringing. I thought, where is the cunt? Ring, 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 and ring, ring. as I turned round, who's fucking walking along on the other side of the street? Mm. But the cunt I'm ringing. Right. Well, I, as that is fault. You, you don't have no. I'm not. I'm saying it's the cosmos's fault. Don't you mean yeah. it's weird that I go? I'm going to call him. There was no plan or anything like that. I'm going to call him. I'm just in yeah. the street queuing for gelato. Why well, is he not picking his phone an, up then? Well, it was in his. I don't know. He didn't see it ringing. I mean, maybe oh, he was. Right. Maybe he was ghosting me. But when I saw well, him, it wasn't like yeah. he was looking at his phone. So mm. that's not the issue. The issue is this is a massive Sir John Cosmos intervention. Okay. I'm calling someone. We're in the street. We're not near his house. We're not near my house. I call him, and the street's pretty empty. And I look around. There's one bloke walking along the street on the other side in our direction. And Cosmos it's him. has summoned him for you. I think it was so weird. Yeah. Anyway, so I did the deal. The deal was, I said, I'm going out. So drop the bike in the front garden, but behind the recycling bins, because it's a present for my daughter. Right. Right. I don't want her to know about it till her birthday. Hide it behind the bins. So I said, all right. So I drove around there, and it was a hassle to get behind the bins. He's only got a very small front yard, and he wanted me to start moving out all these recycling bins and stashing it. Well, I had the kids in the car. They were getting bored. The ice cream was melting. So I stashed it in there the best I could and then fucked off. Okay. Do you know that when I got home, he'd left a message complaining about the fact that I hadn't (laughs) hidden the bike properly? Well, I can't, right? <laughs> plus, plus as well. The deal was, he said, I've been looking for a bike for my daughter on eBay. He goes, because you can get much cheaper. He goes, but if you sell me yours, he goes, what do you want for it? How much you want? And I said, I'll tell you what, mate. I'll give it you now. Then what you can do is source a bike, a replacement bike that's the right size for my daughter, Fucking right? Hell. Yeah. And however much you find one for, I don't care if you get me like a cheap one as long as it works right don't need mm. a flashy one however much you can find me a decent bike for on ebay mm. i you can pay me that amount right so find me a decent bike for 20 quid just mm. and then you can give me 20 quid for the bike i've sold you which by the way is a really good bike it's just that she's outgrown it but it's, barely it's a fantastic ridden. fantastic example of the cockney lifestyle for anyone listening who's not from london yeah what do you mean <laughs> what giving bikes away <laughs> right doing deals <laughs> yeah and he's gone to me five part deal he's gone to me this morning so I thought fine I thought I've been very nice I hadn't agreed a price yet I'll give him the bite of a nip first he complains about me not hiding it properly yeah. the next right he's fucking sent me a load of links this morning yeah. <laughs> just a load of them from eBay right for bikes that he's found that are dead cheap because obviously bikes. from his point of view the cheaper the better he's just sent me links and they're all over like miles away he's gone <laughs> He sent me one, right? And he's gone, this looks good. It's in Winchester, but you can pick it up on your way to the Isle of Wight. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Winchester, mate. That's right down on the south coast, practically, right? 
He's thinking, eh, lovely jubbly. I've got a fucking free bike and all I have to do in return is send him about 20 links to different cheap bikes scattered all over England. There you go, mate. Go for your life. It'll cost me more than that in petrol to get there. So I guess that's the question. Do you think that is fair? Do you think I... It's my fault for not being more specific about the terms uh, of the deal. I should have given him a radius, or I should have said, you can go and fucking get the bike. I think it's your own fault. I think you should have said, uh, you'll take a drink for it, and then that would have defined what we were trying to work out, what was a drink. Do you remember the other week? Oh, yeah. You said 20 quid. Oh, yeah, I don't know of him. The thing about him is he's half Swedish, so right. all bets are off. Well, there you go. Well, he, he, he grew up in London, but his mum's Swedish, and he's got very Swedish sensibilities. Right, and what does that mean? they're a strange. Uh, sounds a bit racist, but they are a strange people. The Swedes, <laughs> they're cold blooded, right? <laughs> and they are very. They're they're quite for a for a country that's quite well known for its sort of you know sort of kind of quite socialist politics. Mm. I feel they're quite self centered. Mind you, he is the guy who I once tricked into feeding those sharks in Denmark on my behalf when That's I true. went off. Yeah, and he and, and over the weekend I was reminiscing with him back because I said, "Oh, I talked about that on the podcast that time, right?" And he went, "Yeah, he went because his his habit in life, one of his characteristics, which again I think might be the Swedish in him, is that he will do anything, anything to avoid." an even slightly awkward situation, right? <laughs> or or drawing any attention to himself, right? right? Or anything like that. So, for instance, yesterday when I saw him, when the cosmos summoned him to me, yeah. I shouted across the street oh, to him, oh! <laughs> and he looked so... I can't tell you how fucked off he was. I was stuck between him and my daughter. My daughter hates me being loud, right? <laughs> and he fucking despises any loudness yeah. at all. So I've got her going, why did you have to shout? And I've got him looking mm. across the street at me like he wants me to drop dead. Mm. All I did was go, oh, hey, Ollie, mm. like that. But some people, they don't like they don't like the fact that I like to live out loud, mate. That's what you're doing, isn't it? You know, I live out loud. You've Take it or leave fierce. it. That's the Delaney way. Anyway, I told him about, you know, yeah, remember when I made you, when I tricked you into feeding those sharks, right? And he went, you know, like in TV shows, the he went the the sort of phrase for when you've gone, you crossed the line and lost all credibility is jump the shark. And I go, yeah. He goes, I think a new phrase for someone who finds themselves doing awful, elaborate things just to avoid being perceived as rude or impolite is called feeding the shark. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, so people say about me, ah, you know, Ollie. He always ends up feeding the shark, poor cunt. (laughs) (laughs) That could mean anything. (laughs) Because that's why he fed the sharks. You just didn't want to say to the people who were encouraging to feed sharks, no, I'd rather not feed the shark, thanks. Send yours in, ladies and gentlemen. Send in your examples of when you've had to feed the shark, when you've had to do something you didn't want to do just to avoid embarrassment. Um, What was I going to say? Here's what's going on at Sunderland at the minute, getting back to football, Mm. right? Season ticket renewals for season 2021. Now, they want us to renew early, even though there's no promise of when the football's going to happen. It's going to be the same as what it was last season. You pay four direct debits across the season, interest-free, all fair enough. Uh, And the cheapest ticket is about 350 a season, which, again, quite affordable for modern football. Mm. Uh, If there's no football played at the stadium, if it's all behind closed doors, there won't be any refunds on any of this 
what you'll get instead is a streaming pass allowing you to watch just the home matches on the internet in lieu of you actually going to the game. That's what you're getting. That's in, what you well, that, get. that sort of ties back in a little bit to what I'm saying. This is a, this is part of the um, uh, mission creep mm. towards just keeping fans at home. Now this season, this, so this works out at about fourteen quid a game to watch it on the telly. This season they were knocking them out um, on the internet for I think six quid a match. So mm. that's gone from six quid to fourteen quid. You don't get any kind of part refund or anything like that. Uh, if you've got a household where there's more than one season ticket holder, you don't get a refund. You no. each get a streaming pass, even though you'll all be watching it on the same telly. Uh, no. There are some people who are in part corporate in a thing called the Black Cats Bar, and they pay something like 700 quid a season. They no. just get a streaming pass as well, no part refund. So there's been um, mass cancellations of season tickets uh, and it looks as if the current owner who we've established now is a complete cunt mm. uh, is going to be completely on the bones of his arse fortunately it means he might be forced to sell the club to fucking anyone the thing is but, I sympathise with that um, which bit because I can never be sure with you <laughs> I, I sympathise with it but I also think that you know if you can't if you, if you you know as most people majority of people are on the are on the breadline at the moment, and it's tough times. But on the other hand, you know, and this, by the way, this isn't me. I can't afford to keep paying West Ham my season ticket. You know, if there's not going to be any football to attend to, but but people talk about the club being a big family, right? Mm. And us all kind of being part owners of it. Mm. And part of that means that if you if you completely treat it like okay, it's a cinema. If you're not showing, you're my local cinema. If you're not showing films, I'm not paying you to come mm. there, right? Fair enough. But football clubs not like that. It's in a way, it is part of the community, and therefore, if it's in trouble, irrespective of who the come in charge tends to be, uh, or who is likely to be, right? If you can in any way afford to continue contributing money regularly to your club during this period when they have no income coming in, then you kind of should because yeah. that, that's why football clubs do shop, but you're doing it with some shops or services. I mean, I know it's the sort of thing you do. I try to do it as well. You'll sometimes contribute, like we've talked before about subscribing to certain things just because if not, they'll go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I remember Viz. you encouraged me to subscribe to Viz on that basis. Like if not, these things can go and then you miss them. And it, and it, with a, with your football club, you might hate the individual in charge, but it's still your football club. And if they've got no money coming in, now I'm not saying everyone should do this, and I'm sure the vast majority of fans of most clubs can't afford to do it. But I do think that if you can afford even a small amount, that what better court? Well, I say mm. what better course. Of course, there are better courses than than your football club. But really, you want your club to survive, and they and and they have no income. And if you're lower down, like a Sunderland. Then, you know, they they don't even have the TV money or anything like that. But even sh- the TV money, they're having to hand I should, back. I should elaborate. They? I should elaborate as well that uh, there's there's some dissent because the current owners of the club took twenty million of the parachute payments from relegation 
and mm. used that twenty million in order to buy the club in the first place from the previous owner. Oh, so they still owe the club twenty million as move. it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. So <laughs> you know, there's a, it's a bone of contention. So they, they said they're going to pay this back at some point. Mm. Pay it back now. Pay it back now, lads. Or at the very least, at the very least, at the very least, fucking offer uh, streaming season tickets because you know how it's going to go. There's going to be no football played for probably all the next season. What's happening at West Ham? Are they selling season tickets for next season? Are they just? Are they, I don't are know, they but they, they're the saying that yet? they're going to. That what they're doing, they keep trying to. I mean, I, I don't want to say too much because I don't know the full detail sort of thing. But all I know is that they keep saying we're going to give you credits. Mm. Oh, that's nice. Well, Match it's a very, credits. very trustworthy yeah. regime there, isn't it? So yeah. I'm sure it'll be David all, Sullivan, all right. Good news, Sam. <laughs> Don't worry. You're missing a load of games. but And you might be thinking, are we going to give you money back? We're not. We're going to give you something much better. We're going to give you future football credits. So come the time when football, when you are allowed back in the stadium again, brackets, hopefully this will be never. <laughs> we will let you come and watch for free think about it it's one of the best words in the English human language isn't it credits think about credit cards free money think about credits on a jukebox free music credit go a wrong. word that myself and my partner David Gold invented <laughs> you know that he's like he's quite up he, he's always claiming that he invented things like he claims yeah. he invented the term shortism that's right yeah Mm. Of course, with him being the prime victim of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, anything else you want to add before we go? Uh, quick game. I won't go into detail because it's self-explanatory. I tried to get this off the ground for years at Talk Sport, mm-hmm. but I had a, the deal breaker was I wanted them to find a corporate sponsor who would right. put up a £1 million prize for the winner. Yeah. I thought it was a great idea, but no one ever came through with the £1 million. So now... Out mm. of respect and love for all of our hunters, all the listeners out there who are so loyal to us, um, I'm going to just give it to them for free. Nice one. And this is it. And I will make a, jun- a jingle for this on Garage Band for the next episode. I'm thinking of a footballer. What footballer am I thinking of? That's it. No clues beyond the fact that I can say it can be a footballer from any era, alive or dead. <laughs> I've got one in my head. Right, yeah. And you have to guess who it is. That's it. No clues. Just say it name. Can I have one go? You have one go now. Mike Phelan. No. Good guess, though. Good Good guess, guess. but no, it's not Mike Phelan. There you go. That's how the game works. Get in touch. Maybe you'll have time to get some Info Life Logistics tomorrow if you're IFS. I really enjoy ploughing through all the tweets and emails responding to this. Nice one, Sam. Well done. Here's another game I've just come up with called Good or Bad. I'm right. just going to tell you something that's happening in the world. You've got to tell me if it's good or bad or not. Oh. Um, uh, new Looney Tunes cartoons, Elmer Fudd will no longer have a gun. Good or bad? Bad. Okay, thank you very much, Sam. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, that's been Top Flight Time Machine. Keep it, couldn't he? <laughs> TTFN, dickheads. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.